Good morning. Today is Tuesday, December 21st, 2021. Our Parsha and the book of Shamos, the second book of the Torah, that it begins, teaches us innumerable lessons about leadership. And these lessons apply practically to every single one of us. They apply whether we are leading a country, a nation, a community, an organization, a family, and even, or I would say especially, when we lead ourselves. The first leader we meet, from whom we learn a great deal, not only in this Parsha, but in future portions as well, but one of the main lessons comes right from the beginning, is Miriam, who we meet as a young girl, the older sister of the baby Moshe. And Bailey Newman points out the depth of what Miriam teaches us. Torah says as follows. <clears throat> we know that Amram and Yocheved had a baby boy named Moshe. That wasn't his name at the time that he was born. And the baby was hiding because of the decree of Paro. And at a certain point, they put Moshe, this baby, into a basket and they put the basket in the river and sent him down the river. Miriam, Moshe's sister, waits by the river and follows the basket with her eyes to see what would happen to her baby brother. And Miriam positioned herself at a distance in order to know what would happen to him. Miriam wanted to know. Miriam was connected to her baby brother as a little girl. And she saw that his physical safety was her spiritual responsibility. And she refused to abandon it, even if it would be painful. Because what did she imagine would happen to a baby alone, adrift in a river? What is the most likely outcome of that? And the easiest thing would have been for Miriam to have closed her eyes, to have walked away, that would have been much less painful, especially for a little girl. And we need to look at what Miriam did, and we need to see the greatness of it to not look away when something painful might happen to someone else. And we need to ask ourselves a very difficult question. Can we claim 
to act the same way? Do we heed the call? Do we keep our eyes trained on those who are suffering, who come into our view? Or do we look away because it's uncomfortable? Do we act as if we're detached, as if maybe we didn't see them? As if somehow we don't have the responsibility to handle every single problem? Just because Hashem puts some situation in our path, does that mean that I'm responsible to try to figure out how to solve it? While that might be the rationalization we often give ourselves, but the correct answer that Miriam teaches us is precisely yes. How many times do we read a headline or hear about a story or meet someone or hear something and it strikes a chord in us? But then we move on without taking whatever action we might possibly have taken. How many times do we think about sending a letter, sending a text, making a phone call, making a visit when it's possible to make a visit? And then the thought passes. How many times does it happen that we're in some kind of group, a Shabbos table, a Shul Kiddush, and somebody makes an inappropriate statement, a statement that is racist, a statement that is bigoted, a statement that is sexist. And how many times do we let it go because it would be uncomfortable in that kind of setting to say, why are you talking like that? That's not in accordance with our values. That's not respectful. How many times does it just feel simpler to us? Just let it go. Maybe it was a joke. Don't take it seriously. But it is serious. Like a baby in a basket down the river. It's serious. And if we really believe that God places situations in front of us to test us in how we will respond, if we will engage and respond when we see something that could be corrected. <clears throat> do we see God acting that way? And do we take that responsibility? Because Miriam does believe that. And Miriam teaches us to do the same. Miriam wants us to do the same. Not to just let the baby float away but to watch it, even if it's painful to watch it, to see at what moment I will be able to intercede to help. And the striking contrast of this passage with a passage at the very beginning of the Torah, the narrative of the two brothers, Cain and Hevel, Cain and Abel, Cain killed his brother, first murder recorded in the Torah. And then God comes to Cain 
And God asks him the famous question, Aye Hevel Achicha, where is Hevel your brother? And Cain answers very easily, Vayomer lo yodati. Cain says, I don't know. Hashomer Achianochi, am I my brother's keeper? Rhetorical question that implies an obvious answer. But what the Torah is teaching us right here in our Parsha is that that is not a rhetorical question. And in fact, the answer that Cain gives is directly the opposite of the answer that God wants to hear, because it's the opposite of the answer that Miriam gives. The Torah teaches us through Miriam that we're earlier in human history. A sibling had failed a sibling. Here, a sister succeeds. Where Cain refuses responsibility for what he did, lo yadati, I don't know. The Pasuk in our Parsha specifically tells us that Miriam took full responsibility. She stayed there to know what would happen to him because Miriam's answer to the question is, of course I am Shomer Anochi. Of course I am my brother's keeper. Miriam is the anti-Kayan in the words of Devorah Steinmetz. She knows and she teaches us that salvation will come, redemption will come, not by disengagement with the world, but through wrestling with it. And Miriam's first disciple is Moshe. Before Moshe is chosen by God, to lead the Jewish people out of Egypt. We are told so little about him in the beginning of our Parsha Shemos this week. What qualified him for this enormous historic role? So, to try to answer that, we have to carefully analyze what the Torah does tell us and there are only three things you need to know about Moshe to understand what kind of man he is. And there are only three things that qualify Moshe for leadership of the Jewish people. And I say that because the Torah only tells us three things. So obviously that's all we need to know. Three episodes, three vignettes in Moshe's young life that somehow complete the picture of the character of our greatest leader. Incident number one, Vayetze El Echav. Moshe went out to his brothers, Vayar Besivlosam, and he saw their suffering, their persecution. Vayar Ish Mitzri, Make Ish Ivri Me'echav. He saw an Egyptian who was beating and about to kill a fellow Jew. And Moshe saw the mistreatment of his fellows. He saw an Egyptian 
kill a Jew? And Moshe took action and killed the Egyptian. That's number one. Number two. Moshe went out on the next day. There were two Jewish people arguing. And Moshe said to the aggressor, the one who had started the fight, Why are you hitting your fellow? He saw two Jews fighting. The fight had nothing to do with him. But he said to them, Why are you fighting? And because he butted in, he had to flee for his life. The prince of Egypt, raised in Paro's home, was reduced to a runaway because of his meddling in the affairs of others. Vignette number three. He comes to a place far from home, in Midian. He sees a well, and there are some women there, strangers, foreigners. He does not know them. And then, the women are at the well, watering their flocks, and a group of shepherds comes and chases them away. Now, as we're reading this, at least I'm thinking to myself, Moshe, Moshe, don't get involved. This is not your fight. You don't know these women. You don't know these men. You don't come from here. Don't you realize that butting into other people's problems has put you into this problem, into the situation where you are now? Leave it alone. Don't butt in. And Moshe butts in. Vayakam Moshe Vayosha'an Moshe protects these women from these aggressive shepherds. That completes the picture. The next incident in the Torah is a bush that is burning, but it's not consumed. And God speaks to Moshe. So what is it that God knows about Moshe that qualifies him for this role? Says Rabbi Saul Berman that Moshe had developed a sense of moral outrage. That it was important for Moshe if something happens within his view, not to turn his eyes away from it, but to intervene. If it's wrong and I can do something about it, I must do something. If I can ease someone's pain, I'm not butting in. It's my business. And that's true whether it is my brother or my countrymen or even a stranger, perhaps especially a stranger. And Moshe learned this from Miriam. Moshe learned from Miriam not to look away, but to watch and to look for the opportunity to help, even if it's painful to watch, even if it is risky to watch, not to look away. Moshe learned that from Miriam. It is Miriam who prepares Moshe to be qualified in God's eyes. In our time, one man who learned this lesson 
is Eli Wiesel when he said, that is why I swore never to be silent. Whenever and wherever human beings endure suffering and humiliation, we must always take sides. Neutrality helps the oppressor, never the victim. Silence encourages the tormentor, never the tormented. That's what Miriam taught Moshe. Never be indifferent to the suffering of another. Vayar besivlosam. And Moshe saw their suffering. Vayakom vayoshaon. And Moshe gets up and he saves them. He intercedes. Moshe learns the lessons that Miriam taught him. And once Moshe had learned the lessons that Miriam taught him, God says, that's the one I choose. And God is looking for the same qualities in each of us. My friends, I want to wish you a great day. And I look forward to seeing you all soon in person.